Welcome to the Lifestyle Tune-Up. I'm Dr. Elizabeth Plotner. I'm a family medicine resident physician undergoing specialized training in integrative and lifestyle medicine. My passion is to give you the tools you need to build a life that is full of personal meaning and purpose. In this series, we will be taking a deep dive into burnout prevention, mitigation, and recovery for my fellow high-achieving women. As a physician, wife, and mother of two toddlers, I know firsthand what it means to burn out and the importance of coming back from that experience. We will be using all of the tools at our disposal, ranging from lifestyle to routine and organizational hacks to mindset to nutrition, and with the goal of giving you back your energy to cultivate a life you love and the drive to change the world for the next generation of high-achieving women. felt it. It's not quite depression, but it feels like a blunting of your existence and your vigor. You wake up in the morning and the colors that you're using to paint your story are, they're just slightly duller than usual. How does it show up in your life? You know, maybe you're not your best self. You're short with your kids or your your partner. Um, you aren't really finding the time or the energy to engage in your in your hobbies or those activities that you love or at least used to love. And sometimes it's seeing that opportunity at work that you've been absolutely dying to get, but then the energy and the confidence to put yourself out there. It's just not present. So what it does is it just takes what you have and turns down the vibrancy of what your existence and what your experience in this life is. Yep, that is burnout. So the World Health Organization has decided to weigh in on defining burnout. And the definition is, quote, burnout is a syndrome conceptualized as resulting from chronic workplace stress that has not been successfully managed. It is characterized by three dimensions. One, feelings of energy depletion or exhaustion. Two, increased mental distance from one's job or feelings of negativism or cynicism related to one's job. And three, reduced professional efficiency. One other qualifier that they they include in that definition is that burnout refers specifically to a phenomena in the occupational context and should not be applied to describe experiences in other areas of life. All right. So I think that while the World Health Organization is trying to recognize a very influencing um, factor here, what it is not doing is really taking a snapshot of what burnout actually means. So my personal definition of burnout 
it's much more simple than what they they described. I think that this is the demands of your existence as a human being. That's coming from work, school, children, relationships, self-care, you name it. Essentially, everything that is required to function in society does not match your personal energy, your resources, or the support that you have. I remember when I started realizing, hey, wait a second, I'm burned out. And, you know, of course, you get on, on Google at way, way late at night and, and, and you start searching things. And the only answer I got was leave. You need to quit. Stop. But this, these are things I can't stop. I can't stop being a physician, not after the, the work and the literal blood, sweat, and tears that went into creating who I am today. I'm not going to just stop being a mom. Like I, I, can't, I can't walk away from my kids. Some days I wish I could, but I love my family and I, I, don't, I don't want to leave them. I, I can't stop all of the responsibilities that are both, you know, ev- everything that is creating demands in my life, but is also providing me joy at certain periods. So I started to think about burnout in a different way and very different from how the World Health Organization talks about it. So back to what they said, burnout is a syndrome conceptualized as a result from chronic workplace stress that has not been successfully managed. All right. So if we take a look at this, this chronic workplace stress that has not been successfully managed, not been successfully managed, this is putting the onus on the individual. And from the people that I have seen that have gone through all of this and who have burned out, nine times out of 10, they are dealing with system level problems. So this is not recognizing that there is a greater contributing force to the experience of burnout. It also implies that it's situational. So leave the situation and the problem is fixed, right? Wrong. I can tell you from my personal experience, I left a general surgery residency that was burning me out. And I went to family medicine, less hours, nicer people, still burned out. So I've gotten to the point where I've realized that burnout is not just a moment in time where if you just suddenly fix your problems or change the situation, you will have this joie de vie that is able to, you know, flood your soul and everything is better. Burnout is a chronic experience and it's brought on by many, many factors of modern living. And they all play into how we define ourselves as passionate, high achievers. You know, it's, I think that burnout is now the emotional signal that reminds you that something isn't working in your life. Your resources are not matching your demands. It's the disharmony of what is expected of you. And regardless of who's driving that expectation, whether it's work expectations, personal expectations, you know, potentially spousal expectations, family expectations. But essentially, you are living in disharmony of your resources to what you are able to deliver. And so, what is actually driving burnout and what can you do? You, you know something needs to change and that's it. That's the bottom line. 
I'm not going to leave you with absolutely nothing, just a definition and life is terrible. And, you know, woe is me. The system is broken. Have a nice day. (laughs) There's too many things like that. Everyone says, oh, look, there's burnout. What are we going to do about it? I don't know. All right. I'm going to tell you three things that you can do that are going to at least get you to the step where you feel like you're ready uh, to, to continue to make changes. All right. Small changes, small wins. That's what we're going for. First things first, what is that thing that every time you see it, you have been dreading and feel like you're, you're failing at life. I'll tell you mine. Cleaning my shower. (laughs) I know it's disgusting. I, I still have my, my youngest son sleeping in our room. Our bathroom's attached to it. I don't have a moment in my day to really successfully clean my shower. Um, I have found this amazing, it's like the Tylex bleach stuff. You just kind of spray it everywhere. It doesn't look pretty, but it's clean. Okay. So basically what I can do is I can just spray, 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 leave it there, rinse it off a couple hours later and we're done. Um, but that's downstairs. So what I've done after like a week of every time I get in the shower, I'm like, this is disgusting. I hate myself. Um, (laughs) You just go downstairs, get the bottle. You don't even need to spray it. Just put it, put it next to your shower so that after you have your shower, you can spray, 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 be done. Okay. So this is my example of there is one thing that every time you go to do it, you're reminded of something that you're lacking. Okay. For me, shower. I have to shower every single day. Every single day I get in the shower, I look there and I'm like, wow, I'm failing at life. Okay. Figure out what that is and take the step to deal with it. I promise you it's smaller. Just whatever you're doing right now, hit pause, go do it if you can, and then, and then come back. Okay. For me, it was just go get that bottle of, of shower cleaner, put it in my bathroom. That's it. And then it was amazing. The next morning, I'm like, oh, wow, I'm not starting my day feeling like I've already failed. All right. So that's the first thing. Number two, don't hit the snooze button. I know you're going to say, oh, but I'm so tired. It's, it's really hard for me to wake up in the morning. I need, I need to set 30 alarms. Don't do it. Don't do it. Let me tell you why. And I'm I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna date myself a little bit here, but I'm gonna attribute this this habit of not hitting the snooze button to none other than Ryan Seacrest. <laughs> so I remember listening to his radio show like eons ago, and he was talking about how he you know he's got to wake up at at the the butt crack of dawn because he does the whole DJ thing, morning DJ show, and uh, he says he never hits the snooze button. And I'm like, how is this man doing this and not hitting a snooze button? But he explained something that really rung true to me. And that was, if you hit the snooze button, you have to go through the pain of waking up twice. I had never thought of it that way. That is such a genius way of thinking about it. So don't hit the snooze button. Not because, oh, you're going to get up and you're going to be, you know, this amazing person with that extra five minutes. You, you might be, you might be, but you don't have to go through the pain of waking up twice and you're going to get your, your five minutes should you choose. So 
set your alarm for the time that you're actually going to wake up. Let yourself sleep. Let yourself rest until that moment. Wake up once and then just make that commitment to yourself. There you go. All right. So we are first going to do a low effort uh, setup for a task that has been hanging over our heads. We are not going to hit the snooze button. And then number three takes all of about, mm, I don't know, one minute. Um, And essentially all it is, is you are breathing in for a shorter period of time, holding your breath for a shorter period of time, and then exhaling for a longer period of time. So it's a comparatively shorter inhale to a longer exhale done three to four times in a row. And that's it. And this is actually a way to sort of re, uh, how how would I say you call you're calming down your sympathetic nervous system, which is a whole other thing that we're going to talk about in the future, but your sympathetic nervous system is your stress driver. So that is your fight or flight. Your parasympathetic nervous system is the counter to that. That is your rest and digest. So that needs to live in harmony. And our modern system is set up to constantly be activating our sympathetic nervous system. So you can switch. You can choose which side that you're on based on your inhales versus exhales. So if you think about when you're super duper duper stressed, you're going (gasps) big in breath short out breath, big in breath, short out breath. You find yourself holding your breath, right? If you do the opposite of that, if you're doing a long exhale and a purposeful pause, you are essentially switching on the parasympathetic. You are now in that rest and digest mode. So having said all of that backstory, the the exercise is, remember, 5-5-10. Now, you, if, if that's too aggressive in terms of a hold or an exhale, um, then that's fine. You can shorten it. You can do a four, four, eight. You can do a two, two, four, whatever, whatever works for you. Just do that. Okay. So we're going to do the five, five, 10. So, and you can do this anywhere that that you are right now. You can breathe in for the count of five. So one, two, three, four, five, and then you hold it, hold two, three, four, five, And then exhale through your mouth, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Just do that three times. So we're going to do that again. Inhale, two, three, four, five, hold, two, three, four, five, exhale, two, three, four, five five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Okay. I want you to do that three times. Remember inhaling through your nose for a count of five, holding for a count of five, exhaling through your mouth for a count of 10. All right. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm really excited to be bringing you this podcast and, you know, I, I'm on a journey with this. This is this is something that's a, a bit of a passion project, and it's been really difficult as a 
a recovering perfectionist, you know, I'm not even going to lie. I'm not going to say recovering. I, I am a perfectionist, but to put myself out there and say, I don't necessarily have a plan. I have an outline and we are just going to fumble through it and see what happens. That is my, that is my goal. So let me know what you think. Let me know where you need help. Let me know what this what this journey means to you and how we can how we can do this all all together <laughs>